0: job boards are only part of how the hiring market works.
1: You're listening to the Business Life & Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm, Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at JoeyVPriceHR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, Life, and Coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show.
2: This episode, we're asking the question, are resumes still relevant? We're heading into the new year with new opportunities for employers like yourself to find Job seekers, and we're also looking at the opportunity for job seekers to connect with great employers. Joining us today on the podcast is Mac Richard, and Mac is a leading career expert. He also owns two registered B Corp companies, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. And he's also the author of Land Your Dream Job Anywhere and the host of a weekly podcast, Find Your Dream Job. Mac, thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me on the show, Joey. It's an honor.
2: Well, we're grateful to have you here. And I want to start with the number one burning question that I want to know: Are resumes still relevant?
0: Absolutely, and they're relevant both to job seekers and to employers. And let me explain why. For better or worse, if you're a job seeker, you need to know that employers use the resume as a first screening tool, and. The one thing you you absolutely need to get right, Joey, if you're a job seeker and you're getting ready to to turn in a resume is make sure that it's error free. because as you know, because you work in in human resources, often employers for the most popular positions will get dozens, sometimes hundreds of positions or applications rather, and they're looking for reasons to reduce that pile to a manageable number. So a typo, or uh, a simple error of grammar; those are those are all easy reasons to reject someone, no matter how qualif- well qualified they might be for the job. Now, but you got to do more than pay attention to the basics uh, and and submit an error-free resume. You've also got to think about the needs of the employers and the candidates that employers tell us. Uh, are most successful and most likely to make it through that first screen are the ones who think about, who understand what the employers' problems are, and in their resume talk about how they've solved similar problems, and they focus on their accomplishments, not their roles and responsibilities. Uh, now, many employers, as you know, uh, use applicant tracking systems and might have their own online form, but there's still uh, the majority still ask for resumes. So uh, you, and the reason they do that is they're looking for a document that lays out um, all the basic facts about a candidate's qualification. And the, for better or worse, resumes are going to be with us for a while. Uh, And if you're a candidate, you want to make sure that yours is in tip-top shape.
2: So Mac, you're saying that resumes aren't going anywhere anytime soon, but are you, are you favorable towards some of the new technologies like the LinkedIn's and the, the application tracking systems? What, what are your thoughts on those?
0: I think it's uh, LinkedIn and applicant tracking systems are, are going to be here for a while too. And I think your challenge when you're a job seeker is you have to understand how these platforms work so that you can make the most of the opportunities they offer. So uh, LinkedIn uh, as you know, Joey, one of the first things that employers do when they're considering a candidate is they Google that person, and one of the first hits they're likely to get is LinkedIn because, uh, as a platform, its reach is extensive. It's got a lot of Google juice, and so you want to make sure that when you are Googled and your LinkedIn account pops up in that uh, first page of organic search results, that you're putting your best foot forward. So you need to know how LinkedIn works. You don't have to be, you don't have to have an advanced degree in LinkedIn um, technology, but you do have to have a good basic profile with, and the most successful elements, uh, or the elements of the most successful LinkedIn profile, you know, include a photo, a uh, complete description of your past, uh, professional positions, your education, uh, and also uh, information about your uh, interests and hobbies. Applicant tracking systems, uh, again, you need as a candidate to know how these work. Uh, uh, Good uh, principles to keep in mind when you're preparing an application that you know will be reviewed uh, by an applicant tracking system is is make sure that you understand what the key words are uh, in a position because uh, the uh, systems often look for these and use them as a way to identify applicants are going to make it to the next stage in the process. You want to make sure that you fill out all the four, uh, all the boxes uh, in an online application. And um, you know, obviously, w- uh, whether it's with a resume that you're sending into an employer or a application through a tracking system, you want to make sure you've invested some time and done some homework about that company and its needs so that the content that you put in that resume or that online application reflects your understanding of their needs and, and describes what you can do for
2: that company. And you are listening to Mac Prichard, who is the founder and publisher of MaxList, List, an online community for people looking for rewarding, creative, and meaningful work. Now Mac, you've been in this space for some time now, and there, the stats say that referrals are the top way that people find jobs and connect with opportunities. Uh, Would you agree that, uh, well, let me pose it this way. Um, How important are job boards in the job search process and how successful are people when they apply to job boards versus having a a network or having a relationship with somebody that that works at the company?
0: Job job boards are an important part of any search and there are estimates out there, Joey, that there are as many as forty thousand niche job boards in the United States today. You need to find the boards in your field, and you need to pay attention to them. And uh, and when you see a position that interests you, you need to apply for it. But as you know, there are estimates out there that as many as eighty percent of all jobs are never posted anywhere uh, on a job board or on a bulletin board or or even in an old fashioned newspaper. They're filled by word of mouth. So when you're doing a search, you've got to uh, understand that and make sure that your search includes things like informational interviews, uh, networking at industry events, and maybe even volunteering in your field. Because when you do those things, you have those conversations, you go to events, you, you join a committee, you start to hear about those jobs that are never posted. And I I would say to your listeners, I'm I'm guessing, Joe, you've got a lot of people who have done hiring, and and I know you have, and I have, obviously. And think about how we approach that. Uh, Chances are, yes, we do post the position publicly when we have a vacancy. But then the other thing we often do is we take that posting and we send it to trusted colleagues uh, or even friends and family, and we say, Hey, if you hear good candidates. Send them my way. Uh, and uh, if someone does send, say, oh, I know so-and-so, you should talk to her, chances are you're going to pull her resume out of the pile if she does apply. And you may even make a special point of having an informal conversation with her or inviting her in for an interview. So reflect on that. And I, I think you probably had that experience and, and your listeners have too. So our challenge when we're looking for work, Joey, is we need to insert ourselves into those conversations and the best way to do that is to tap into our network um let people know what we're looking what we have to what we're looking for rather and what we what we have to offer and uh, and and as when we do that we'll hear about jobs that uh, other people who are doing similar searches will will never uncover unless they insert themselves into those conversations too
2: yeah now, Mac, I want to ask you a question here. It's a somewhat of a pivot, but uh, let's say you know our listener is an, is an entrepreneur who is evaluating a resume of a career changer. What should I be looking for when I see it, someone looking to jump into another industry uh, versus someone who's been doing it for a long time?
0: Well, the common questions I think any entrepreneur will have when looking at a resume like that are, uh, uh, first, why does this person want to make that this move? And uh, there's a story there. There's a reason. And I think the candidate needs to lay that reason out in a covered letter uh, and any other form of communication that might be available to them. Uh, the other thing that they need to do, uh, an entrepreneur is going to look at or, or consider when reviewing that resume is does this person have the skills uh, I need for this position? And so you've got to, as a candidate, make sure that you've done a good job of showing what the relevant skills are for the job that you want in this new sector. And the third thing I think any hiring manager is going to wonder about uh, when looking at a resume from a sector switcher is, does this person have a a record uh, or a track record, rather, of learning new skills and uh, taking on, moving into uh, new industries. Even if they haven't made the switch before, are they a learner? So I think as a candidate, you've got to show both in your resume and your cover letter and then later in your interviews uh, that you've got the skills, you are a learner, and there's a compelling reason why you want to change sectors or make this uh, career switch.
2: Excellent. Again, Mac Prouchard, who is the founder and publisher of Mac's List, hey Mac, cool stat about you in your bio, you've got 80,000 people a month visiting your site. I did the quick math and that's almost a million people a year. Why are people flocking to your site and what does it take to, to build a website that attracts that type of visitors uh, and, and returning visitors?
0: I It's the same quality that it takes to be successful in our careers, Joey. We solve problems, and I I say that with modesty. Uh, we, We provide people through our job board with listings for positions they won't see anywhere else, but we don't stop there. We're proud of our job board and the value it offers, but we also recognize that job boards are only part of how the hiring market works. Uh, the people who have the most success as candidates and the hiring managers who are best at getting, uh, most successful rather at getting the best talent, uh, are always, they understand how the job market works. And it's, it, it, it happens again through informal conversations, through referrals, uh, through networking. And we teach, uh, through our courses, books, blog, and a podcast, um, our readers the nuts and bolts of job hunting and that makes them more successful candidates and uh, the people who are part of our online community uh, are, uh, are, are are much clearer about what they want to do in their careers and when they apply for positions I think are, are much more successful when our hiring managers who advertise on our board understand that so in addition to solving problems I would say the other thing is, the reason we're successful is that we are a community. We've grown by word of mouth, and, in, and because we've grown organically, we really mimic how the the, the job market works. Uh, people, hiring managers, uh, want to manage risk because it's it's uh, expensive and time consuming to make a bad hire, and the way they manage risk is they turn to trusted advisors, colleagues, friends, family. When they're making hiring decisions uh for recommendations and and um, and and our website and our community at max list we've never advertised we've grown organically and 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 so in that way we mimic the job market and how it works
2: hey matt walk us through your career up to this point how did you get to a place where you help people land their dream job uh and, and and using business as a force for good what's your story
0: Well, I grew up in the Midwest. Uh, I wanted to do three things when I got out of the University of Iowa. I wanted to write, I wanted to work on election campaigns, and I wanted to do human rights advocacy in Latin America. Those are three very different occupations, but uh, I've done all three. The first job I had right after college was working on a U.S. Senate campaign, and then I spent seven years, two in D.C., Washington, D.C., rather, and, and Nine in Boston, but I, I worked for human rights groups in both cities. M- when my position with the human rights organization in Boston came to an end after five years, um, we, uh, we took members of Congress on fact-finding trips to Central America. Uh, I made the switch to state and local government, uh, and I worked both in politics and government in Boston. And I took my communication skills and became a, a spokesperson for state agencies, um, uh, a big public works project at Boston's Big Dig, and I I worked on uh, congressional races too. Uh, When I hit my 30s, I got a master's degree in public administration, uh, came out to the Pacific Northwest and worked uh, on several campaigns. I was a speechwriter for a governor, uh, a spokesman for state agencies, a city hall communications director. But the constant that ran through all these jobs, Joey, was wanting to make a difference about things I cared about or in the community where I live and work. And those positions allowed me to do that. I I have always been an inveterate networker. And um, 16 years ago, I started a small list to stay in touch with colleagues professionally. I shared job postings. And the list grew very slowly. It was almost... A decade went by before it broke a 1,000 names. Uh, But by that point, it had become a part-time job, and I had to start charging for the listings because by then I'd started a public relations company that serves nonprofits and foundations, and I continue to run that. Uh, And it it is, as you say, a a certified benefit corporation. But running that job list had become a part-time job. I was paying somebody about two days a week to do it, so we we changed our approach we started charging for listings and um and we and employers paid the, those fees because they told us we were solving a problem we were sending them uh much more qualified candidates and they were getting fewer of them because again we had created a community a network and that's how most hiring gets done through word of mouth through networks through conversations and um and 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 so it's a. Uh, when I look back, I'm in my late fifties now. Over the last thirty-five years, I, it, 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 uh, again, there's a commitment to service that runs through all my uh, jobs, and and um, so it's that's the fundamental value.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Mac, the 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 recipe of creating community and solving problems that's a common recipe that. We share with entrepreneurs about if you want to be successful, do these two things together, and your business will will blow up. But not everybody's been successful as as you, Mac. So, where do we get it wrong?
0: Well, I should also add, Joey. While well, the description I gave my career sounds rosy and full of accomplishment, I also picked up a graduate degree at an Ivy League university along the way i your listeners should know I've been unemployed three times um I've been fired twice <laughs> and two two of my periods of unemployment uh lasted one was eight months and one was ten so i I know what it's like to cash that last unemployment check and and i i I certainly you know having those reverses i think does teach you resilience and persistence. Uh, but i think it's important w- when sharing my story to to uh know that not it hasn't been a straight 45 degree angle uh i've had my peaks and valleys and i think that's true of anyone who's successful um, yeah so i uh i i would i would just add that yeah
2: yeah well hey mac i appreciate that transparency there and uh, it's it's true well i it has been told to me, uh, I've got a good buddy who is a very successful entrepreneur, and he says all the time that he is wholly unemployable, which means he's best when he's working for himself because he doesn't quite fit when he's you know, on someone else's team. But he's being successful, he's got a, a huge uh, growth-focused company, has a lot of people on his staff, but, <laughs> but he just recognizes that he's not good working for anyone else.
0: I, and I think it's you can be successful in not being an entrepreneur. Um, I actually, when I started my public relations company 10 years ago, it had not been on my bucket list to start my own firm, Joey. I was working for a grant-funded nonprofit, and the funder a national foundation said, come and work for us. We'll give you some contracts. And I did it candidly, very reluctantly, because I had been an employee for decades, when I started the firm, uh, it, it all felt kind of familiar. I thought, oh you know, going out getting an office, uh, finding new customers, uh, hiring people. I thought I've done all this before and I realized because I'd worked on more than a dozen election campaigns, uh, they are like startups they they begin with a conversation around a kitchen table and it's with a candidate uh, who is your product, and you've got to set up these systems fast to raise money, turn out the vote, uh, create messages, engage voters. And on election day, you know whether or not you've had a sale. And then you have to shut it all down and start all over again if you continue to work on campaigns, as I did for more than a decade. And so it's it's a great. It's very much like a startup, and it's it. It turned out to be a great training ground for me for uh, running and and creating two small businesses.
2: I love that. I love that. I was actually going to ask you about that. So it's good that we have that conversation now. So you would say that um, being in politics, it allows you to or it helps you build systems, have conversations, meet people. What other transferable skills are there working in the political arena and jumping into entrepreneurship?
0: You have to show initiative, uh, you have to get really good at fundraising. If you're a candidate or you're working on the finance side, you have to ask people for money and, and, and votes, so it it's a great training for sales. You have to uh, uh, get good at hiring people and you have to be clear about your, your message, what it is you offer, and and finally you have to be a good listener and I, 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 I think that is just so uh, important in business. In you, a moment ago, earlier in the interview, talked about the importance of of problem-solving and community, and I agree with you. Those are, I think, uh, vital to the success of any small business owner. The other is listening, and often, and I've done this myself, many business owners have a great idea, and they think it'll just prove to be irresistible to their customers, but what they really need to do is step back and ask their customers what their problems are and then just listen. And when but uh once you find out what those problems are, you can figure out if you've got the solution or if you want to address them and then as you say you will have success, but it it starts with listening. And that's an important skill in politics too.
2: Mike, I love that the piece you just shared because that's great for uh, people in the political space that want to become entrepreneurs, and even these days, entrepreneurs that want to become politicians.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we need more people in, in both worlds who are, are good at listening and problem-solving
2: matter <laughs> <So> what <laughs> their party. I, I can't agree with you more. And, uh, Mac, we're going to bring this to a close here. Do you have any parting thoughts to share with the audience?
0: Just this. Uh, the one thing I've learned in my career is the importance of Choosing yourself and not waiting to be picked. So, if you know you want to work for a company, and yes, find their website, look at their job board, apply for a position when it opens up. But don't wait until something is posted. Uh, you know, if you if your dream is to work for a certain firm, start meeting people inside that company now and find out what they want and what they look for, and and begin building relationships don't wait to be picked. And whether it's looking for a job or uh, other interests you might have in life
2: yeah I was thinking that that's exactly uh, specifically relevant as an entrepreneur if you want to work with a company or affiliate with a brand get in there and start asking questions
0: yeah begin building those relationships now don't, don't wait to be asked
2: awesome well hey Mac it's been a pleasure I really appreciate you joining me on the show today And I hope you have a great and successful new year. Great. Thank you, Joey. It's been a pleasure, too. If you've recently started a business, why take away time from what you're good at, only to focus on difficult, pesky HR problems? Jumpstart HR LLC offers a better solution. Jumpstart HR provides HR outsourcing support to U.S.-based small businesses and startups and was recently ranked among the top 10 HR outsourcing firms in the country, according to BusinessNewsDaily.com. From recruitment to employee handbooks to legal compliance, Jumpstart HR helps you get peace of mind about the people in your business. Visit jumpstart-hr.com for more information or follow on Twitter at Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart HR, let's build a better business together.
1: Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price.